Chapter 58, A Demon's Wrath. The rain fell around Link as he tumbled over the balustrade. The Master Sword slipped free from Ganondorf's body, and the Demon King plummeted towards the balcony far below. Link's insides turned to water, and his body slammed into the tower's stone wall. He hung suspended in mid-air, as something thwarted his fall. He gripped his blade, his hand somehow frozen to the pommel, as if the sword wouldn't allow him to let go. It wouldn't save him. Not this time. Vertigo gripped him in a sickening swirl of colors, and blood rushed to his head from hanging upside down. For a moment, Link was not aware that he was no longer falling. Only Courage's burning essence gave him enough lucidity to realize he was dangling in the air. Somebody was holding his leg, and their grip was slowly slipping. Link heard a woman cry out while he struggled to look up. The effort intensified the pounding within his head, but he forced himself to stare upward at the balcony. Naboru was gripping onto his leg, her face strained as she tried to pull him up over the railing. Link feared that her efforts would only send them both to their doom. Rudo appeared alongside Naboru and seized hold of Link's other leg. Her webbed hands faltered as well, and both women grunted as they tried hauling him up. Let go! Link shouted. I'll only pull you both over! The hell I will! Naburu shouted. She braced against the railing, pulling harder. Her hands slipped further as she hoisted Link up another inch. This would be much easier if you ate less! Rudo yelled. I won't be eating anything soon! Link retorted. Just pull! Naburu exclaimed, sounding less than amused by Link and Rudo's banter. Staring downward at the sickening drop, Link knew that if they let go, he would not survive. But if they didn't, it was no good. He could feel the two sages struggling to hoist him upward. Blood pounded in his ears, and the land below became nothing more than a dizzying blur. There's no choice, he thought. They have to let go. Resigning to his fate, and hoping that neither they nor Navi blamed themselves for his death, Link gazed up at the two sages, just in time to see Navi and Darunia appear behind Ruto. Darunia easily reached over Rudo's shoulder and clutched Link's leg so tightly that he almost cried out in pain. Naburu let go, bracing against the railing to catch her breath, and Darunia pulled Link to the safety of the balcony, sword and all. You are too light, brother. You need to eat more, Darunia said, helping Link to his feet with as much gentleness as he could manage. I think lots of Dodongo stew for you. Thanks, Darunia, Link rasped. Only the Goron's firm hand on his shoulder kept him from falling over. The rush of energy from his brush with death and channeling the Triforce of Courage was beginning to drain. As it did, injuries old and new seemed to reawaken, making Link painfully aware of their presence. Before he could say anything else, Saria crashed into him, wrapping her small arms around his waist. Link got down on one knee, embracing her. For a moment, he forgot his pain existed, and all he could think of was the promise made earlier. 
she was safe. He'd stopped Ganondorf, and the Kokiri were home again. It was finally over. You did it, she whispered, looking up with unshed tears glistening in her eyes. I'm glad you're okay, Saria, Link said, trying to sound lighthearted despite his fatigue. Now I must name all my children after you, Darunia said proudly. Link pulled back from Saria's embrace and glared at Darunia, not in the slightest bit amused. What if it's a girl? Noburu asked curiously. Darunia shrugged. Then I shall name her Linkle. Linkle? Rudo asked incredulously. What kind of a name is that? Darunia shrugged, his brief mirth quickly fading as he pressed a hand to his blackened side. Are you alright? Link asked quietly. It seemed a stupid thing to ask, as Darunia was clearly injured. It's nothing, Darunia grunted. Besides, you look worse. I can tend to you both, Rudo said. Neither one of you will get very far in your condition. Later, Darunia replied, brushing aside Rudo's concern. We have important matters to attend to, and the others need us. Where are Rauru and Impa? Nobody answered him, but the looks they shared spoke a thousand words. The sages glanced beyond the open doors to where Zelda's body lay, and Link felt an icy pain clutch against his chest. He blinked away unshed tears as he spared a thought for Zelda's daughter. Ileana was likely just an infant, and Link felt an immense sorrow at the thought that she would never again see her mother. She was motherless, just as he was. Despite not knowing Ileana, Link felt a choking grief well inside of him. He stared at the others and noticed there was no more joy in their eyes. Did they know about Zelda's child? He didn't ask, fearing that he'd have to explain how he knew. Navi peeked over the balustrade, looking towards the distant balcony where Ganondorf's body lay, and seemed oblivious to everything that was happening around her. Navi? Link called anxiously. What is it? Saria followed his gaze, as did her fairy. Navi turned and flew over to Link, landing on his shoulder. Something isn't right, Navi said, her voice hushed. I can still sense the dark magic that emanated from Ganondorf. Can't you, Fora? Saria's fairy nodded in agreement, and exchanged an uneasy look with Navi. The brief exchange made Link feel physically ill, and his mouth went dry. Ganondorf couldn't have possibly survived, he said hoarsely. Do you want us to check? Fora asked. No, Link said abruptly, his angry tone catching both sprites by surprise. Forcing himself to relax his tensed muscles, he took a deep breath and more calmly said, No, I don't want either of you taking that risk. It would be a good idea to check, Darunia reasoned. It would be safest if we all go together. You don't think his Triforce Shard could resurrect him again, do you? Rudo asked. Unable to fathom the idea that Ganondorf could survive, Link shook his head. He's dead, he said fiercely. He's dead, and that's all there is to it. 
everyone gazed at him, except for Darunia. He turned towards the sound of an approaching party of Hylians and Gerudo. Behind them, a flock of griffins had landed on the balcony. Their riders had approached from the side of the tower that offered some semblance of shelter from the wind. Link guessed that they had seen the Triforce's light, and once certain it was safe to land, had come to investigate. Toru led his bedraggled group, followed by Shinju, who clasped greeting hands with Naburu. You're alive, Link said, a small flicker of relief numbing his pain. He had been certain that both Toru and Shinju had perished. Barely, Shinju said, turning from Naburu. We had to fight the whole way here through Ganondorf's chambers. Might not have made it either, if the Stalfos hadn't just collapsed. Did you find his mask? Noboru asked. Shinju nodded, her expression darkening. We did. She unraveled cloth in her hands, and showed Noboru a familiar white mask, shaped like a human skull. It sent chills down Link's spine. The mask was quickly wrapped back into the cloth, and Link's attention was drawn to Toru as the man approached him. Toru's eyes grew wide as he took in Link's bloodied and bruised appearance. Damn, boy! He exclaimed. Ganondorf, is he... Dead, Link answered, gesturing towards the balcony railing as he tried not to think too much on Navi's words. He fell. We need to make certain he is dead, Noburu added watching Link closely. When he tried to speak, she cut him off with a sharp glare. My people were unsuccessful in killing him once. I won't allow that to happen again. Can you take some of the animals and retrieve the body? As she finished, Niburu pointed towards the griffins. Toru looked surprised at the order, but wisely refrained from questioning it. Of course, he said, before asking, Where is Princess Zelda? Nobody quite met his eyes. Zelda. She... Link began and then faltered. It was too painful to admit that she was truly gone. It was as if by denying those words, he could somehow make the reality become less real. Rudo stepped in to help him. I am sorry, General, she stated solemnly. Princess Zelda did not make it. She gestured towards the doorway, and everyone turned in that direction. None spoke. Impa knelt beside her fallen charge, her head bowed, and one hand gripped in Zelda's own. Her own thoughts were no doubt far from the people around her. Glass crunched beneath Link's boot, and every step felt leaden as he made his way towards Zelda. I'm sorry, Impa, he thought. He didn't need telepathy or some Sheikin power to sense the extent of her sorrow. I'm sorry I couldn't save her. A chill spread through his chest, like icy claws clenching his heart, as he looked upon the body of the woman who would have been Hyrule's queen. She wasn't just queen of his people, Link realized. She had been his friend and guide, never knowing how much she meant to him. Tears stung his eye, blurring his vision. She died believing Link had hated her. Of that he was certain. 
I should have convinced her. It was too late now. Too late for the Princess of Hyrule, and for the cousin he had never known. Too late for the things left unsaid, and for a chance to say goodbye. Time flowed ever onward, its cruel current sweeping away all into its endless channel, leaving nothing but memories. Zelda's eyes, once so bright but sorrowful, were closed in eternal sleep. Rauru stood beside Impa, saying nothing. Link doubted there was much anyone could say that would ease her pain. Chipped wood and broken stones marred the floor. It was as though a tornado had ripped straight through the room, destroying the sparse furnishings within it. The hearth was almost unrecognizable, though a few tendrils of smoke still rose from its dying embers. Statues of winged beasts, dragons and gargoyles, stared down at the scene of destruction. Link noticed none of this, for his eye remained fixed on Zelda's body her white dress stained a crimson that would never wash out. Save for the grisly wound across her neck, she could have been sleeping. As the sages gathered around their fallen princess, they glanced at one another, and then at Impa. All were seemingly at a loss for words. Link could sense Impa's anguish and veiled despair. Her life had been sworn to the royal family, to Zelda, and now they were gone. Not all, Link reminded himself. Even Nohansen's ghost had long since vanished. If anyone wondered why, they did not voice it. Perhaps, with the loss of his daughter, Nohansen was no longer bound to this world, or he chose to grieve alone. Impa, I... I'm so sorry. Link said at last, forcing the words out, his voice strained. His sympathy seemed a hollow thing, a small and trivial comfort to a grieving soul. I should have been able to save her. The blame is not yours. Impa's voice was so soft that Link barely heard her. She sounded exhausted and seemed totally unaware of the injury scarring the blistered hand that still clasped Zelda's own. When Rudo offered to examine it, Impa ignored the Zora Queen. We should move her, Saria offered. I can suture the wound with the right supplies. I know it's not much, but it's the least I can offer. First, Impa said quietly, placing Zelda's hand across her body. What became of Ganondorf? He fell, Deronia said before Link could answer. The Metherins are retrieving the body. If the Triforce of Power still resides within Ganondorf, there's a chance it could bring him back to life, Raudu said. It would take time. If it does, I'll be forced to kill him, Deronia growled softly. That could be messy. At a look from Naburu, he added, For him. Such a pacifist you are. Rudo said sarcastically. What of the demon possessing him? Navi asked. I think we must assume the Triforce of Power could resurrect it as well. Rodu said gravely. We must seal Ganon and his host away. We retrieved the mask, 
Noboru said, gesturing towards Shinju, who had joined her. Perhaps we can seal the demon back inside it. And let it escape again? Daronia asked. No, that will not do. I say we break it. Link was barely paying attention as a brief image flashed across his mind. Sealing it away would prevent the demon from being reborn, Rauru said. It is perhaps our best option if we are to ensure this calamity does not strike Hyrule again. So long as the seal holds, Rudo noted. Ganondorf's eyes met Link's own, and a triumphant smile crossed his features, even after the Master Sword impaled him. Ganondorf knew the Triforce of Power could bring him back to life, just as it did when the Gerudo turned on him. He knew, Link thought, the bitter taste of dread rising within him. Damn it, he knew! Saria, misreading his expression, offered him a comforting hand. He squeezed it gently and gave her a reassuring smile. I'm okay, Saria, he assured her. She didn't believe him, not judging by her pained expression. Letting go, Link couldn't help looking towards the balcony door. As he did, his gut thickened with nausea, and his muscles ached with tension. He started walking back towards the place where Ganondorf had fallen, feeling as though some unseen force was driving him forward. Link? Saria asked quietly. What are you doing? Nothing, Link replied. Just stay there. Several soldiers were dismounting from their griffins. One of the feathery steeds bore a lifeless figure, clad in charcoal gray armor. The griffin was eager to be rid of Ganondorf's corpse and backed away from the body. It hissed loudly and tore away from its handler in a frenzied bid to scamper away. The other griffins began panicking as well, and their riders fought to bring the animals under control. They shouted commands to no avail, pulling on lead ropes to keep the creatures from flying off. One griffin pulled free of his rider's desperate grip and threw the man to the ground before taking flight. You're right, Saria said. They say something about the body feels wrong, like a predator playing dead. A predator playing dead. Those words were a stinging blow to Link's wearied mind. Without waiting for Navi, Link tore the Master Sword from its sheath. The Amber Gem glowed, warning him all was not well. He cursed, catching Saria's eye for a moment. Rauru, Link said, gazing back to meet the Elder Sage's eyes. In some ways, he seemed so similar to King Nohansen. The angles of his face, the way he held himself, were almost the same. Darunia turned as well. Within moments, he unclasped his hammer from behind him and held it at the ready. Take his head, brother, Darunia growled loud enough for all to hear. I'd like to see him come back from that. Without waiting for the others to join him, Link approached Ganondorf's body. Glass crunched beneath his boots once more, and when he saw the glowing mark on the gauntlet covering Ganondorf's hand, he cursed. It was as Rauru had feared. The Triforce of Power had not abandoned its master. Link, stay back! Rauru shouted urgently. You heard me, Jerunia. It's too late. Link, let us deal with him. Sages, to me! Too late, 
Those words were becoming a bitter memento to this day. At that moment, the Triforce of Power flared brightly on Ganondorf's gauntlet. Link's shard responded to its counterpart, causing his hand to ache as though Ferrara's essence was somehow warning him. Any doubt that something was wrong was instantly dispelled. The warning came too late. Before Link could react, a ring of light erupted around him. Oh no, he thought. No, no, no! Brother! Doronia shouted. The others gathered around Roru, including Impa who stood sharply and yelled for Link to move away. Get back, Link! Navi screamed. And then, everything happened at once. The last of the griffins took flight, screeching frantically, most of them riderless. The light blinded Link. He stepped backwards, throwing a hand up to shield his face. The air rippled around him. Suddenly, he was falling and slamming hard into wet stone as a torrent of wind and rain swelled, lashing at his already damp skin. Link opened his eye, his mind still reeling with shock. Where am I? Link rolled onto his stomach. Quickly, he pushed himself up, scrambling against rock and rubble while scanning his surroundings. All he could make out in the dim light were crumbling ruins with blackened timber rising amidst stone stained with soot. Bodies littered the ground. People, Blin, Stalfos, and Redeads lay scattered across the abandoned market square. I'm still in Castletown, Link thought feeling an odd flicker of relief. He hadn't been warped somewhere completely foreign. The Mithrans, who had unfortunately been standing near Ganondorf's body, were also caught in whatever spell had warped Link there. They stood nearby, the shock not quite gone from their pale features. They all stared in wide-eyed terror at something behind Link. Then, shouting in their native tongues, the Mithrans turned and disappeared into the night's shadows. Link! Navi hissed. He gazed up at her, to notice she was looking at something, paralyzed as though struck by the horrendous spell of a Redead's piercing scream. Link forced himself to stand, despite the agony burning in his leg. Behind him, he became aware of something breathing heavily. He mentally prepared himself, and turned to face whatever it was standing behind him. Ganondorf hovered in mid-air, Fists clenched, and glowing eyes filled with malice. Anger radiated from that baleful glare, like the heat of a blazing furnace. Ganondorf lived again. No! Link screamed, and the ground nearly lost all solidity as the shock of what he was seeing struck him. I killed you! Rodu had said it would take time for the Triforce of Power to revive Ganondorf, but even as Link watched, Ganondorf's wounds were healing. Greatly unnerved, Link stepped back, his boots crushing against broken stone. I killed you! He bellowed. I killed you! This can't be real! He screamed inwardly. The sages were still inside the tower, and even if they flew down to meet him, which Darunia could not, they wouldn't get here fast enough. They were too far away to help him. The light on Ganondorf's gauntlet blazed like blue fire and smoky wisps of light rose from his body. Link could feel the essence of his own shard flowing through him, resonating in response to its counterpart. Link, don't just stand there! Navi said urgently. Run! 
No, Link thought. He couldn't let Ganondorf escape. He had to do something. Link wanted to attack Ganondorf, but he was hovering too high to strike with the Master Sword. He quickly scanned the ruins around him for something that might help, but found nothing. He still had a hookshot. Maybe that could... Ganondorf roared. It was a strange, bellowing cry so loud that Link was certain it would bring down the very heavens. Blue light exploded around the Demon King, and Link stepped back again, watching in mute horror as Ganondorf began to morph and grow. His cry started as a roar, reflecting a mix of pain and anger, and swiftly became a hellish snarl. The man's limbs bulged as he became three times Link's height. The changes didn't stop there. As Link watched, the figure of a powerful Gerudo turned into something else entirely. Whatever this creature was, it certainly wasn't human. The beast staring at Link had more in common with a Moblin than a Gerudo. Long, curling ram's horns protruded from its skull, a snout replaced its nostrils, and bristling black fur cloaked its armor-clad body. Only its black armor, the red mane, and the ruby encrusted upon the beast's forehead bore any resemblance to Ganondorf. Link stared, frozen in terror. The monster snarled again, showing its sharp yellow teeth which curled over its upper lip. None of that horrified Link compared to the two blades the behemoth gripped in its huge clawed hands. Each one was as long as Link was tall, and he doubted that even the armor of an iron knuckle would offer any semblance of protection against them. Instinct told Link to run, but he could only watch as the beast raised its beady red eyes toward the heavens. It opened its mouth and bellowed a roar that drowned out the storm's dying echoes. Link, run! Navi shouted desperately. She flew down to his tunic and tugged on the collar. Come on! Run! The swords came crashing down as Navi screamed. Ducking beneath the blade that would have cleaved him in two, Link rolled to his left. The sword went through the rocky earth, and the beast snarled, furious. Navi slipped past the two blades, darting deftly away from them. A hoof stomped down where he was standing. Link nearly stumbled, righted himself, and then quickly darted away as the other foot came down to squish him. It missed. Barely. The beast spun with a furious roar, blades slicing through the air. As he frantically bobbed beneath the dual swords, Link knew what he was dealing with, and the realization terrified him. The demon, he thought. It's the demon that was possessing Ganondorf. Ganon. The Blin's patron deity, and an ancient with the power to kill a god. Link was certain the demon hadn't returned to full strength yet. If it had, he would already be dead. Link dove again as one of Ganon's black blades slammed into the earth barely a few feet in front of him. Link skidded to a halt as he beheld the sharp steel. For an instant, he stood gaping in disbelief. A blade that powerful would have cleaved a boar clean in half. Look out! Navi screamed. Link caught a glimmer of steel out of the corner of his eye and ducked. The air rippled as Ganon's blade whistled overhead. Within seconds, Ganon rose one hoof to slam it on top of the hero. Link stepped out of harm's way, and the hoof came down with a crunch. Ganon roared, howling in rage, his two blades cleaving towards Link again. As they did, Link stepped beneath the gargantuan beast and slashed the Master Sword across the back of Ganon's leg. 
The sword bit through flesh, spilling blood. Link cursed, his strike falling short of the tendon he had been aiming for. Ganon howled with unbridled fury. Link cursed again, running as Ganon's long barbed tail lashed towards him. The whip-like appendage missed, almost grazing him as it cut through the air. Snarling, the beast swept its blades low to the ground and spun. Link threw himself to the hard earth and rolled, ignoring the pain flaring in his shoulder. The blades carved through the air just above him. He jumped just as one of the two blades swept at him again. He dodged the left, but the right sword slashed towards him. Only Navi's warning saved him. He spun, deftly dancing out of the way. Even then, he wasn't quick enough. The blade slashed his satchel, and Saria's gift was ripped in two, spilling his gear and provisions onto the sodden ground. Link kept moving, too intent on evading Ganon's weapons to recover his equipment. That was until Navi realized what was amongst the items littered upon the ground. Sheik's mask and the ocarina. Oh no! Navi began to retrieve the mask, but Link ordered her back, ducking beneath a blade that slammed down beside him, leaving a deep gouge in the earth. Quickly, Link snatched up the ocarina in his free hand, and then went to grab Sheik's mask. An enormous hoof stomped on its wooden frame, crushing the mask into nothing more than broken and splintered pieces of painted wood. No! Link shouted. It was only at that moment, as Link gazed upon the shattered remnants of the mask, that he truly realized that Sheik was gone, and Zelda along with her. I'm sorry, Navi said. Don't worry about it, Link said, his tone harsh. He desperately wanted to charge and hack the monster with all his strength, but Link knew that if he did that, it would be the last thing he ever did. Sheik's sacrifice and Zelda's death would be for nothing. Another hoof crashed down, with Ganon closing in on him again. Seeing the bombs that littered the ground, Link ushered Navi back and unleashed a torrent of flames to set off the explosives. The concussive blast knocked him backwards, a bright flash of light searing his vision. Stone met him in a blaze of agony. He rolled, cursing, and looked up to see Ganon stomping towards him with unbridled rage. The beast thrust the point of one of its blades into the earth and closed the distance between itself and Link. Link scrambled backwards, aching from dozens of scrapes and bruises, and one of the clawed hands reached in to snatch him. Navi flew up towards Ganon's face, trying to distract him, but it didn't work. Link grasped his fallen blade and swung with all his strength, slicing it through Ganon's hand. Ganon lurched backward, his howl rising into the night, blood splashing from the open wound. Not wasting a moment, Link jumped up. Ganon saw him move, roaring with frustration and anger as he slashed his other sword down. It barely missed, his options dwindling fast and Ganon unlikely to make another careless mistake again. Link chose to run. Ganon followed him, his heavy footfalls sending small tremors through the ground. The behemoth's roar tore through the night, and Link heard the beast rip its second sword free from the stone. Link took in his surroundings as best he could. Aided by flickering tongues of lightning periodically flashing around him, Link saw the Temple of Time's dark silhouette in the distance. Closer at hand stood a broken and dried fountain. Link assumed he was in the southern market, but the darkness closing around him was so thick he couldn't be certain. He considered whether he could shelter inside the Temple of Time until he worked out a way to deal with Ganon. No. He needed some kind of vantage to climb and attack Ganon 
catching him by surprise. Ideally a building, or a wall. If this demon was indeed one of the ancients as Zelda thought, then the sages and the others within this forsaken city stood little chance. Where were the sages? He hadn't heard from them since Ganondorf warped him here. Channeling courage, he kept himself from stumbling across the slippery jagged stone, rubble, and broken timber, with Navi leading the way to provide what little light she could. Once or twice, they heard the moan of a re-dead and the distant shouts of men. Link tripped and nearly stumbled on a body several times, but paid them little heed as Ganon kept up his relentless pursuit. As Link ran, forever aware of the steady thump of Ganon's footsteps beating against the earth, he felt Rauru's familiar consciousness touch his own. Relief swept through him in a brief respite. He saw a wall up ahead, the ruins of someone's shop or house, and threw himself towards it. Quickly, Link, Rodu said urgently. We must bind this creature. It cannot be allowed to remain in this realm. Where are you? Link asked, leaning against the crumbling wall as he tried to catch his breath. We are coming, Rodu said. Use your sword and our powers to aid you. Before he could ask anything else, the connection broke, and Link felt a tinge of frustration. He already knew to use the Master Sword, but lacking any vantage point to let him strike without getting sliced to ribbons or squashed, the blade was almost useless. He'd have to make Ganon somehow fall over or climb on top of the beast. The latter option was suicidal. Not helpful, Raudu, he thought angrily, half hoping the sage was still privy to his thoughts. Ruda was right. With unhelpful advice like that, Raudu was losing his mind. Still breathing raggedly, Link stared into the night. He could see Ganon stomping towards him, still a few blocks away. How did Raudu know where I was? He wondered. The sages probably intended to reach him by riding the griffins. With the obvious exception of Darunia, it was their best option. Darunia, on the other hand, would have to roll down the length of the tower's spiraling staircase, which was unlikely to present much of a challenge to him. The stomping grew louder, and Link looked at Navi. Link? She hovered close to him, terrified. Link, he's getting closer. I know, Link said, trying to sound calm. We can't stay here, Navi said. She looked at him imploringly, and Link could tell she was out of ideas too. You have to fight him, Link. I know, Link repeated. I just don't know how to get an advantage on him, and I only have my sword. Facing the demon up close was suicide. They knew that. He considered using magic, or the Triforce of Courage but he had used it too much already. If he used much more, it could cripple him. I need a bow, Link thought. He glanced around as though certain he'd find one lying within the darkness. I could climb onto the wall, he thought. It was risky. Ganon could knock him off, and was tall enough to do so with ease. No, he needed a vantage point, but the wall wouldn't be a good idea. However, there was one thing that might work. With his bombs and other items gone, Link decided on a plan. But first... Navi, find me a bow, Link said. What? She exclaimed. The ground was shaking, and Link flinched as the earth trembled as Ganon drew closer. A bow, Navi, Link said, his voice shaking. Just find one! Navi opened her mouth to protest as she held Link's gaze. Then, noticing his resolute stare, she started searching. Link sucked in a breath and hauled himself up. Thump. 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 
By then, Ganon was close enough that Link could smell his fur's rank stench. He sprinted away for dear life as a hoof pounded straight through the wall he sheltered behind. Shit! He swore as the stone and mortar crumbled. It was almost a wonder that Navi didn't threaten to make him wash his mouth out with something foul. Zelda's influence was clearly rubbing off on him. Ganon's eyes followed him, and after a moment, the heavy hoofbeats shook the earth again. As Link fled closer to the town's edge, he realized he was leading Ganon straight towards a company of soldiers who had remained near the tower. He tried to lure Ganon away from them, but it was too late. The shouts of men grew louder, as did their horses' frightened whinnies. They rounded the corner of a side street, holding their torches aloft, and gaped at the sight of Ganon. Whatever they were expecting, it wasn't the hulking monster looming through the darkness. At that moment, some chose to stand firm, while others ran for their lives. Ganon growled and charged towards them, his swords raised. Link stopped in his tracks. He couldn't leave them, even though he had no idea how to save them. They ran straight past Link, their attention fixed solely on Ganon. Run! Link bellowed at them. All of you, run! You can't fight that thing! His cry caught the attention of some of the soldiers. They stared briefly in surprise at the bedraggled youth, while others kept advancing on the beast. The horses within the assembled group danced as if they stepped on hot coals, and Link could only watch in dismay as their riders attempted to keep their charges under control, not heeding his warning. Get back! He cried. Get back! A few brave archers formed ranks and notched their bows. They took aim and fired. A volley of arrows hissed through the air, only to shatter against the monster's hide. Spears were also thrown, but they also clattered uselessly to the ground without so much as scratching Ganon. A few men at the rear, armed with crossbows, also took aim, staggering their attack, moving back to reload while the companions covered them. Reload. Shoot. Fall back. The result was the same. The bolts might have been striking rock for all the good they did. This only terrified Ganon's attackers, and many of them fled without thought for their companions. One brave spearman managed to sidestep a sword swing, only to have Ganon's other blade connect solidly with his spear, breaking the weapon in two. The unfortunate soul only had time to look at his weapon, holding the broken halves in his hand. He screamed a profanity and started running, but it was too late, and Ganon's next swing found his torso. As this was happening, Navi found a bow, still held in its dead owner's hands. Sheathing his sword, Link dashed from his cover behind a chimney and ran across the street to where the archer lay. The body was still warm, but Link could discern no sign of life. Fumbling desperately, he pried the man's taut fingers away from his bow. Whispering an apology, he snatched the quiver. More shouts rose from the road, and Link looked up in time to see several archers on horseback riding out of an adjoining alley to join their fellows. The scene was chaos, as some men, the crossbowmen included, ran for their lives, while others made for a desperate stand. Ganon snarled as the archers attacked to little avail, but then seemed to grow bored of the spectacle. The demon stepped forward, one enormous blade cleaving straight through the nearest horse, slicing its body in two. The animal's scream ended as abruptly as it began, and Link froze, horror-struck. The horse's rider cried out from beneath his steed, and Link could only watch as Ganon's hoof crushed him.
and disheartened. The other riders and remaining men followed their comrades in a hasty retreat. One rider was knocked from his saddle, with Ganon's blade striking him with a sickening crunch. His horse fell onto its side, but then managed to regain its feet and flee into the night. Link stared at the mangled bodies, and in a flash, his horror turned to rage. To me! He bellowed, trying to distract Ganon. He tried drawing on courage, hoping that would get Ganon's attention and allow the survivors time to flee. It's me you want! I'm over here! It was too late. Ganon's blades tore into the remaining men, leaving their entrails strewn about the already blood-soaked ground. The slaughter was over as quickly as it had begun. No! Damn you! Link screamed as Ganon cut down another spearman. You were too late to save them. Too late to save Zelda. The brutality of Ganon's butchery stood as a reminder of all the deaths he had failed to prevent. Despite his bitter thoughts, Link knew that the fates of those soldiers had been sealed when they committed to their charge. There was little he could have done. Even knowing that, anger still surged through him in a bitter torrent. Notching an arrow, he imagined light flowing into the shaft and was rewarded when the arrowhead glowed. Ganon advanced towards him. Aim for the eyes! Navi whispered urgently. Swallowing and taking a deep breath, Link pulled the bow taut and let the arrow fly. Please, let it hurt him! The arrow missed Ganon's eye by a long shot, and instead it sunk into the monster's shoulder. The beast howled in pain. For an instant, Link felt hope. It had worked! Drawing another arrow as Ganon dropped his blade, he fired again. The beast snarled and ripped the first arrow free, followed closely by the second. Ganon retrieved his blade as Link fired a third arrow. The beast flinched as the arrow sunk into its arm. Another arrow zipped through the air and sunk into Ganon's shoulder. The beast did not falter, and each shuddering step brought it closer to Link's hiding spot. Move! Navi shouted. Link tossed his bow and ran. Behind him, mortar and stone shattered as the rampaging demon struck the wall. Link ran from the alley and into the confines of another narrow street. He spotted Blin and was glad when they ignored him. Instead, they fled from the might of their god. Once he was sure he had lost Ganon, Link dared to double back, breathing hard and quietly making his way toward Ganon without being spotted. Link realized that, save for the tower's dark silhouette, he had very little idea where he was. He couldn't see the Temple of Time anymore, and nothing seemed familiar. We could be anywhere in Castletown, he thought. He didn't dare send Navi out to check. Her glowing form would be a beacon. I can try drawing him away from you, Navi suggested as Link trod through the abandoned street. No, Link said firmly. I won't risk losing you too. Link had failed Zelda. She had tried to be as much of a companion to him as Navi was, and he'd let her die. I'm not letting you fight that thing alone! She countered fiercely, flying up to hover in front of his face before Link hissed at her to stay down. Navi hastily obeyed, and then added, Whatever happens, we're in this together. I wouldn't have it any other way, Link told her quietly. He rounded a street and saw Ganon staring down an alley. Link could hear people shouting nearby, 
He hoped they were fleeing, or else more would die before this was over. Ganon's hearing was far keener than Link expected, for the moment he stepped on a rodent's bones, the demon's head jerked and turned towards him. Link cursed, feeling Ganon's gaze upon him. He notched an arrow, aiming for the eye while channeling light. He let the arrow fly, and prayed that it would strike. It grazed the monster's cheek, eliciting little more than an angry snarl. What is this going to take? Link breathed. He let loose another arrow, striking Ganon's face just shy of his eye. Ganon ignored the obvious wound, and instead chose to stampede towards the youth. Link momentarily stared in astonishment, before turning and dashing into the night. He ran into the alleyway again, knowing that Ganon would be hard-pressed to fight him. He would have to demolish every building between him and Link. Even derelict and decrepit as most of the remaining structures were, Ganon would be unable to go charging through them. When he was several blocks away from Ganon, Link collapsed against an inn's wall. The three-story building of whitewashed stone stood silent and cold. Broken shutters, splintered and smashed furniture, and doors ripped from their hinges, all testified to time's cruel passage. Link slumped against the wall, out of breath, his heart pounding madly. Did... did we lose him? He asked, breathing heavily. I think so, Navi whispered. She stared down the alley before meeting his eye. Link, he'll start killing more people if you don't keep fighting him. I know, Navi. The knowledge pained Link, a gnawing sense of guilt clawing at him. He had failed to stop Ganon from killing those men on the road. Everything had happened too fast. His only hope was that Ganon's focus would be solely on reclaiming the Triforce of Courage. Then, Navi said slowly. She sounded uncertain. It's only a matter of time before more soldiers arrive, or the sages even. I have an idea, Link told her. He looked back at the inn and trod carefully, not wanting to rouse any Blin lurking nearby. If they chose to stay and fight, instead of retreating as the last few had, the noise would likely garner Ganon's attention. Nothing stirred in the corridor's dark shadows as Link entered, and he was grateful for the thick layer of ash that muffled his footsteps. A rancid smell hung in the air. It grew stronger the closer he came to the inn's front. Blood, Link thought. The inn's front door was ripped violently from its hinges, and in the street beyond, Link could make out the bodies of Blin strewn across the ground. Feeling sick, he glanced around the common room and headed for the stairs. Link, what are you doing? Navi asked. I need you to guide Ganon here, Link said. Try not to make it obvious and keep well away from him. What? Navi's eyes went wide. You said earlier that was a bad idea! It is. But it's the only option we have, Link said solemnly. He was out of ideas and his strength was waning fast. It had to end soon. Can you lure him here? He held Navi's gaze for a moment, and she nodded. Link realized she was trembling too. We'll be okay, he told her while fighting to keep his fear at bay. Just be careful. I don't want to lose you too. You won't, Navi said, smiling faintly. Then she was gone zipping out the window and flying off into the night.
wondering what he had just done and whether it was the right thing to do. Link swallowed. He felt horribly alone now and wanted to call her back. Concentrating on what he had to do, Link ran up the flight of stairs. He reached the third floor and entered one of the rooms. The little remaining furniture looked as though someone had either taken an axe to it or an animal had chewed it. He stepped over a broken table leg, past a child's hurriedly discarded toys, and walked over to the window, pushing aside the shutters rattling against the breeze. He climbed out the window and onto the roof. Carefully scaling the roof and making sure the tiles he stepped upon were secure, Link made his way towards a chimney facing the wide street. It was no easy task. The tiles were slick with rain, and more than once he almost slipped. Finally, he reached the chimney and leaned against it as he caught his breath. In the distance, Ganon roared. Navi had found him. He just prayed she would keep out of harm's way. Then he felt the rhythmic tremors of Ganon's approaching footsteps coming from behind him. He heard a griffin's screeching cry, and then another calling in response. Link wondered if it was the sages. Hopefully they would keep away until he could make sure Ganon wouldn't harm them. He couldn't channel courage without giving his position away either, so he let the Triforce's essence slip from his grasp. That meant the sages wouldn't find him as easily, but they would detect Ganon without difficulty. Thump. 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 Ganon's footsteps weren't as quick as Link expected. He must have lost sight of Navi. Perhaps she had only given him a brief glimpse of herself to make it appear she had never intended to be seen. Thump. 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 The footsteps came closer until Link heard the beast's breath. It growled, and Link saw Navi peering out an alley's edge on the road's opposite side. He dared catch a glimpse of Ganon from his hiding spot. His breath caught as Navi dashed from her hiding spot and darted into the inn. Ganon roared stomping towards the inn. The building shook with each step, and Link almost feared it would collapse before the beast reached him. Not yet, Link thought. Not yet. As he did, that strange sense of awareness surged from the sword again, brushing Link's mind as it did. The emotion that surged through him was one of determination and familiarity. The sword had been designed for this moment made to defeat the Ancients who chose to threaten Hyrule and the Sacred Realm. Ganon raised a fist, clawed hands clenched tightly around his swords. Now! Link dashed across the rooftop as fast as he could. Upon reaching the ledge, he drew courage and focused Ferrari's essence into the Master Sword. Surprise flashed briefly across Ganon's face as Link threw himself from the roof, both hands gripping the Master Sword's pommel, the sword glowing with a white fire. He struck Ganon, his weight driving the Master Sword straight into the ruby fused to the demon's skull. Link's hands loosened from his blade's hilt, and his boots scuffed against the beast's jaw, causing him to slip. Ganon's teeth sliced open his right leg, and blood gushed from the wound. The monster jerked backward violently, throwing Link against one of the monster's enormous horns. Only his Goron chained mail saved him from being skewered, and Link grabbed onto Ganon's horn while the beast stumbled backward his howls tearing through the night. The Master Sword's gem pulsed, and Link felt the blade's radiating energy as heat wash over him. He reached for it, but Ganon's violent thrashing
prevented him from snatching hold of the pommel. Ganon stumbled, his twin blades clattering to the earth with a reverberating clang. Link realized in a horrifying moment the beast was falling backward into the decrepit remains of a shop opposite the inn. Link threw himself from Ganon. His body slapped the stone, slamming into it with such force that he felt bones break, while Ganon crashed into the building behind him, its wall collapsing with an ungodly roar. Dust rose in thick plumes, and Link coughed, choking, convulsive agony rippling through his chest. He forced himself onto his stomach and grabbed at broken stones, pushing himself to his feet. His right leg would no longer support his weight, and he looked down in dismay to see blood drenching his trouser leg. He felt lightheaded. Blood loss, he realized. It seemed bitterly ironic that he had injured himself in a similar fashion while killing the Goma Queen all those years ago. Back then, he had used restoratives to heal the injury. He had none now. They had been crushed beneath Ganon's enormous hoof. Link! A small voice whispered. Navi flitted over to him, her eyes wide and frantic. You have to lie still. You're bleeding heavily. I know, Link said weakly. I have to make sure he's dead. But... Ignoring Navi's protests, Link scrambled, almost crawling over the stones to where Ganon lay. The beast's chest heaved, and the Master Sword still protruded from its skull. Limping, limbs as though they were broken wood, Link wrenched the blade free. The beast growled weakly, before its voice rumbled softly. Do not think that it ends here, Hylian. You know not what has begun. Even if you cast me into my prison, I will return someday and curse your descendants and their kind. Ganon gave a harsh rattling laugh, bloody foam caking its lips. <laughs> the cycle cannot be broken, even by your sages. <laughs> the creature wheezed, spitting blood. Forever, we are bound in this endless struggle. I... We'll return. And when you do, Link replied, we will be ready. Mustering strength he did not know he had, Link plunged the Master Sword into Ganon again. And finally, the demon went silent. Link could see the Triforce of Power still glowing on the demon's hand. But even as he watched, the gleaming light of Din's essence began to fade. For certainty's sake, Link plunged the Master Sword into Ganon one final time. With that, the last ounce of his strength left him. His trembling hands faltered, his fingers slipping against the hilt. His legs buckled, and he fell amidst the broken rubble. He'd won. Relief flooded through him. 
If Link possessed the strength, he would have laughed and not cared if anyone thought him mad for doing so. It was over. The price had been a heavy one. For him, for Zelda, and for Hyrule. He lay amidst the rubble, feeling a small measure of peace he hadn't felt in a long time. Had Link not been so weary and tired, he might have wept for joy. But for now, he just wanted to sleep a while. So tired. Voices shouted in the distance. Some Hylian, some Gerudo. Hooves thundered, and horses neighed shrilly. Link! Navi's shouts broke him from his trance as she darted to his side. Link, stay with me! There are people coming! It's all right, Navi. Link whispered feebly. Link didn't hear what else she said while she hovered frantically over his head. He shivered, and somewhere he could feel Ferrara's essence burning within him as it tried countering the chill spreading through his limbs. So cold. Navi disappeared from his side, and her departure confused him. Where was she going? Rain splashed across his face. Link closed his eye, unable to remember the last time when he was able to rest. To just... Over here! Somebody cried. A Hylian, Link thought dimly. Oh, bloody hell! You're not dying on me! You hear, boy? You're not dying on me! Toru would have my head! You! Fetch me a healer! Now, damn it! Someone bind that wound! Another voice. Gerudo. Link didn't remember fainting. But when he woke, he was lying in the middle of a cold and damp street with the Master Sword at his side. He couldn't recall retrieving it. Someone pressed a bottle to his cracked lips, and he swallowed the liquid without tasting it. He coughed and spluttered sending convulsive waves of pain through his cracked ribs. A pleasant warmth settled in his stomach and began to spread throughout his body. Another person, Link realized, was helping him sit upright. He squinted as light pained his eye. There were people gathered around him, bearing torches, and the two figures attending him were Gerudo. Does he live? Someone asked. He lives, another replied closer at hand. Most of the gathered crowd weren't looking at Link, but rather at the six figures gathered around Ganon's body. The sages. Before he could say anything, Navi appeared in front of him. Her ashen face and red-rimmed eyes made Link realize she had been crying. Link, Navi said, her voice hushed. For a moment there, I thought I'd lost you. So did I, Link rasped. Before they could say any more, both Navi and Link were distracted as the sages rose their hands. He heard Rauru's strong voice as circles of white light burned brightly around Ganon's body. There were six in total, each containing a symbol burning in their center. A swirling white vortex appeared beneath Ganon, swallowing the demon whole. 
Noboru walked to the vortex's edge, and Link could barely make out the shape of a mask held within her hands. A mask with a skull design. Noboru gazed at the cursed object for a moment, and then threw it into the swirling light that led to whatever prison the demon was sentenced to. Then the vortex vanished, flickering out of existence like a snuffed candle flame. Of Ganon and the Gerudo King, nothing remained. The debris Ganon lay amidst was also gone, sucked into the void, forming his prison. The shadows across the edge of Link's vision grew once more, closing around him before he drifted off again. Wake up, Link. Somewhere within the depths of his tired mind, he heard a voice call out. He recognized that voice, but confusion rattled him, for he knew that it was impossible for him to hear her again. Zelda? Link murmured. Link opened his eye to find himself standing on the edge of a lake, its surface a perfect mirror that revealed a blue sky with patches of white clouds stretching across its expanse. Before him stood Zelda, her beautiful white dress untarnished by the misfortune that befell her. The hem was submerged in the water, yet the fabric seemed oddly dry. There was no sign of the wound that had killed her or any of the other wounds that she had sustained. Zelda, it's really you? He asked. The shock jarred him, and for a moment he could only stare. But... I'm dead. Zelda ventured softly. Link was stunned by how easily she said that. He looked away, shame burning inside of him. I'm sorry. I didn't... Zelda reached out a hand to touch his arm. He stared at it momentarily, and then looked into her sad eyes. You have nothing to be sorry for, Link, she said gently, her smile weary. Words alone cannot express my gratitude for what you have done. Did we really win, though? I couldn't save you, Link said, his words heavy with fatigue. Or did we only buy Hyrule time? Link recalled Ganon's proclamation that he would return. He still felt exhausted from fighting for so long, the lethargy reflected in his voice. Do not blame yourself for what has happened to me, Zelda said firmly, clasping his hands in her own. As for Ganon, he has been sealed. Zelda sighed heavily, her gaze downcast, then continued. That seal will break eventually. A thousand years, or a couple of hundred. I cannot be certain. Their eyes met, and Link knew deep down that she was right. Then, Link said slowly, averting her gaze. You're saying we failed. Zelda looked aghast. No, we... You did not fail. The goddesses have given us a second chance to undo the damage caused when Ganondorf tried to seize the Triforce. Link frowned, perplexed. What do you mean? When you defeated Ganon, 
the sages were able to separate the Triforce of Power from him. They sealed Ganon away, ensuring the Shard of Power could not return to its master. The Triforce is now sealed within the Sacred Realm, Zelda revealed. So long as the seal remains intact, Ganon cannot retrieve the Triforce. If you touch it, I am certain that it will restore Hyrule. Link nodded in response, understanding the task ahead of him. I had hoped to accompany you, but... Zelda glanced away, her eyes brimming with tears, her voice trembling. I cannot now. After this, I must journey to the place beyond this gateway. It grieves me that I will never watch my daughter grow, nor hold her. There will be peace in her time. Zelda choked, her voice breaking on those words. Tears rolled down her cheeks, and despite his instincts telling him that it was improper, Link caught her as she folded into his embrace. Something inside Zelda seemed to break, and she wept bitterly, her head against his chest. Her shoulders shook with her sobs, and Link wondered for a moment at how their roles had reversed. Her words spilled out, a torrent of raw and terrible grief. Oh, Link, I wanted to tell you. I couldn't risk him finding out, but then he did, and when he threatened her... She gasped suddenly, her voice quavering as she spoke. He told me what he'd do. He showed me. I... Her voice faltered. I saw him kill her. Those words made Link's heart ache. Link hushed her. He shut his eye for a moment, trying to temper the mix of rage and disgust boiling within him. He had known Ganondorf could manipulate thoughts and memories to make people see things that weren't real, much as Dark Link had tried to do to him. But to hear it from Zelda's lips sickened him. It was just a terrible dream. A horrible dream. He managed soothingly, struggling to contain the anguish welling up in his chest. It wasn't real. It's over now. Ileana is safe. He can't hurt her. I promise you. He felt Zelda tremble, then stiffen and straighten. There was a hint of shock in her deep blue eyes that were now so full of sorrow. How? She swallowed thickly. How do you know her name? Impa told me. Link lied. I haven't told anyone. Not even Navi. He hated lying to her. But she didn't need to know that Ganondorf had told him. Nor did she need to know of his chilling words that had almost broken Link's will to fight him. She's safe. It's over. Yes, she agreed. It is. She turned away, dabbing at her eyes and staring into the endless expanse of blue. 
Sensing that she was slightly abashed at having wept so bitterly in front of him, Link kept silent while she composed herself. After what she had been through, he didn't blame her. What was she like? He asked slowly, trying to break the awkward silence and distract Zelda from her recent ordeal. Zelda bowed her head. Closing her eyes, she murmured, She was the most beautiful girl I have ever seen. A sad smile tugged at her lips, and she laughed without mirth. I suppose every mother says that about their child. Until they start breaking things, Link offered. Saria says I was a menace around pots. Guess I still am. He was glad to see Zelda's simpering laugh, even if it lasted for a moment. You still haven't told me what she looked like. Zelda took a breath, appearing more composed as she continued. Ileana looked a bit like her father, Prince Owain, in some ways. What I would give to see her one last time. To have her in my arms again and tell her that I love her. She'd be a year old now. Perhaps a little more. But... She turned to face Link again, her eyes red-rimmed. The goddesses didn't give me this chance so that I could divulge my regrets to you. Link opened his mouth to object and to tell her that he wasn't the least bit fussed, but she broke in before he could speak. Do you know where we are? Link glanced at the endless expanse of blue water. It was an eerie place with no breeze nor any sign of life apart from themselves. Then, as he watched, a fog swirled around him, obscuring his surroundings. Having seen this in his visions of the sacred realm, Link wasn't startled. As it faded again, he found himself standing in the fog-shrouded gardens of Hyrule Castle, with Zelda standing beside him. He recognized the tall towers and stout walls of the palace, but he was sure that he hadn't been to this part of the gardens before. The path was bordered by well-tended hedges and vines that wove their way along tall trellises, their deep green leaves fluttering in a gentle breeze. Somewhere up ahead, he could hear a fountain bubbling and the soft chirp of birdsong. Yet despite this, the garden seemed strangely empty. Hyrule Castle? He murmured, looking at Zelda. Her expression had become clouded, but he could still sense hints of the pain she was trying so hard to hold back. I... I don't understand. We stand upon the gateway to the realm of the dead. Zelda's voice was solemn. For each person, it takes the form of somewhere that has a significant meaning to them. A memory stirred in Link's mind, and he realized he had been here a long time ago when three wolfos had attacked him. Pushing the painful memory aside, he glanced once more at his surroundings. The gateway to the realm of the dead. If that was where he was, then... Wait. If I'm here too, doesn't that mean... I'm dead too? The words caught as his throat seized painfully. He thought of Malin, and how the news of his death would devastate her. Dead? No. 
Even now the sages are healing you, Zelda reassured him. You will return to Hyrule soon, but you must go to the Temple of Time and place the Master Sword within its pedestal. Then you will be able to touch the Triforce and restore Hyrule. What if the Triforce doesn't work for me? Link asked. It split when the last person tried using it. I am certain it will accept you, Zelda said. Otherwise, I would not ask this of you. You do not seek its power, and that is where Ganondorf faltered. If your desires are not selfish or twisted by evil, it will accept you. Zelda started walking up the path, and Link followed beside her. They passed the last of the hedges, the tall wall looming just ahead of them. Do you remember how we met? She asked, pausing by the fountain, her eyes fixed on the stairs that made their way up the wall and onto the battlements. Kind of hard to forget, Link said, smiling ruefully. I fell off the wall. It wasn't exactly how I planned to meet you. I'm sure it wasn't. You never did tell me what possessed you to climb up there. It seemed like a good idea at the time. They both stared past the well-trimmed rose bushes and towards the place where Link had been so unceremoniously dropped by Zelda's little brother. I had hoped to send us back in time using the ocarina, Zelda said quietly, her eyes still lingering on the ground where she had once tended to him. I wanted to send you back to your childhood, to live out the time that fate so cruelly stole from you. But then I realized that when you leave your childhood behind, it's not something you can go back to, no matter how much you desire it. No, Link agreed softly. I guess not. He felt such mixed emotions about Zelda's plan. He wasn't sure how to respond. Not unless you wiped my memory. I would never have done that. Not unless you desired it. Zelda met his eyes, sounding horrified by the thought. I've done enough damage to your life as it is. Knowing that he would never get another chance to tell her, Link clasped her hand in his own and knelt before her. You did what you had to do, my queen. What Ganondorf did was not your fault. I know you may not think it, but back in the Desert Colossus, when I said that I never hated you for what happened, I meant it. A warm sense of relief swept through him as he spoke those words, bringing some small comfort to his weary soul. Zelda's eyes went watery, but she held herself together. You need not kneel, Link. Please. He stood, holding her gaze as he rose. Thank you, she whispered. He let go of her hand, and as he did, he felt something tugging at the back of his mind. He could hear voices, but a quick glance told him that there was no one else in the gardens. Yet he was sure he could hear someone calling his name. You have to go back now, Zelda said, as she too looked over her shoulder. Just promise me that you will do this one last task for me. I ask you 
not as your queen, but as your cousin and as a friend. I will, Link said. Zelda smiled sadly, and then she embraced him again, whispering, I could not be more proud of what you have done. I just wish I could see my little Ileana again. I'm sure she's in good hands now. The sages will take good care of her. I'm sure they will, Zelda said. At least I know. I leave Hyrule in capable hands. Ileana will make a fine queen. I'm sure of it. As would you have, Link murmured. Zelda's sweet, sad smile tugged at Link's heart. Tell the others not to grieve for me. And tell Impa... She paused, her voice faltering on the last few words. Tell her she meant more to me than words can express. I will, Link whispered, bowing his head so that the golden threads of her hair touched his brow. The fog began to close in around them again, cloaking the castle and gardens within its white veil. There were more tears in Zelda's eyes, and her voice broke as she stood apart from him and spoke. Goodbye, Link. Goodbye, Zelda, Link murmured. In that instant, she vanished amid the swirling fog, and the world went white as a confusing roar of sound descended upon him. Link could feel the cold, damp stone beneath him. The smell of ash and blood overwhelmed him as he slowly became aware of his senses. He awoke to find Saria kneeling by his side, one hand clutched tightly in his own. Her own fairy and Navi hovered beside her. Is he going to be all right? Navi was asking. The other sages had gathered around him too, their faces tired and worried. He could see the sky and noticed with vague surprise that the storm had passed. The first vestiges of dawn lit the cloudless sky, heralding the dawn of a new day. Ha! He is too stubborn to die! Darunia boomed his voice strong and confident, despite his injuries. He will be fine. Just don't get too excited, okay, Darunia? Noburu said. I don't want to heal him again because you squashed him. Or have him faint again, Ruto added. Darunia snorted derisively. I am not as clumsy as you think. Link barely followed the conversation, despite having been healed, for he still felt as tired as the sages looked. He just wanted to sleep, but permitted himself a small smile and pushed himself upright. Rudo and Naburu stepped in to help him, but Link shrugged off their assistance. You see? Darunia said happily. He is fine. It's... it's over? Link asked hoarsely. His throat was dry and it was an effort to speak. It is, Rudo replied. The storm has passed and Ganondorf has fallen. It is finally over. At those four words, Link closed his eye and sighed. The tension melted from his muscles, and he relaxed, feeling the weight of month after month of hardship lift from his shoulders. It's over, he thought. Distantly, 
he heard the majestic song of a bird cry out. The sages paused in their deliberations and turned towards the sky in search of the lone animal. As the first fingers of light slowly crept upon Hyrule, a phoenix greeted the morning, soaring above the ashes of Castletown. <laughs>